You're listening to the 104 Sports Report, your main source for Oswego sports, hosted by Zach Case and Joey Palatsky. Welcome back to the 104 Sports Report. Of course, alongside Joey Pulaski, I am Zach Case. Welcome into Season 2. Joe, how we doing, bud? It's good to be back. Great. I mean, obviously, you and me have been in touch, but uh, now we're back with the people of Spotify and Apple and Anchor and all that good stuff. So uh, we're hyped. We got interviews this season, and it's going to be a good season. It's going to be a good uh, fall semester. Yeah, it's going to be definitely a fun time, of course. Uh, season two, just because we're back on campus, at least I am. Joey's still back in Albany, uh, keeping things down in the 518. But uh, yeah, back on campus, it's a little different, a little strange. Uh, it's happy to be back, though. Classes are going good. Uh, but yeah, let's dive into season two, Joey. You talked about the, the whole interview basis. We're going to try to run that as long as we can. Uh, until maybe COVID shuts us down. We don't know, though, but we're going to try to stay strong here. Uh, but I'm happy to be back, Joe. Yeah. Um, so for the interviews, what Zach and I are looking to do, um, we're going to have some coaches. We're going to have some athletes. We're going to have some uh, student media members at Oswego. Um, I mean, really, it's just going to be a week-by-week thing, but we're going to be dabbling all over. You're not just going to hear from players. You're not just going to hear from coaches. You're going to hear lots of different perspectives. We're going to have lots of different background stories coming at you. So it's going to be a, a very interesting season. Going to get to know some people pretty well on here. Yeah, definitely. And one, one reason we're able to do this is do- definitely from uh, the WNYO affiliate that we are going to go with now for this semester and hopefully into the spring semester and further on uh, in the podcast lifetime. But basically, if you don't know uh, WNYO, it's basically the radio uh, station here in Oswego on campus, all student run. Uh, we're going to go through their podcast department. Uh, basically, uh, just gives us a little uh, help here every once in a while. Shout out to Matt Watling. Uh, but other than that, we're going to be the same podcast you normally see during the summer, but a little more structure, hopefully. Yes, yeah, same thing, but now we're more official just because we got that WN. We got to get the WNYO logo, or we got to get their logo on our logo. We got to do that. But uh, oh. yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt Watling hooking us up with the, uh, so we can get the, the equipment in the radio station once everything's kind of back to normal. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really just going to be the same podcast, but now we got to, uh, we got Watling helping us out, and it's uh, it's kind of more official now. Yeah, a little, little support from the boys uh, over at the student media organizations. But uh, definitely back uh, to what we've been doing, podcast platforms. You can still find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, all of your favorite uh, podcast platforms, wherever you find your podcasts uh, back in the day. But now moving on to episode one topics today, we're going to do a new segment called Newsflash. We'll dive into that shortly. We're going to prep the JJ O'Connell interview, of course, a big interview that you'll be able to listen to uh, later on in the episode. And then we'll do some takeaways after that. And then we'll do stories of the week, another new segment we are introducing uh, for this season. Joe, any, uh, any, any takeaways from uh, the new segments before we get into it? I mean, yeah, I'm excited both for for the two new segments, obviously, but also for the interview. We got a, a great interview with the women's volleyball coach at Oswego, JJ O'Connell, um, getting to know him pretty well, and obviously the two new segments. So uh, it's going to be a great first episode to start season two. All right, Joe, if you would like to introduce uh, the new segment, News Flash, go right ahead, bud. You're in. Yeah, so um, News Flash is going to be one of our. I guess you could call it one of the two segments because I, I guess the interview wouldn't really count as a segment. So one of our two segments for the fall semester, it's pretty much just going to be um, Oswego sports related headline from obviously the past week is we're going to be dropping the 104 sports report every Wednesday. So um, this first one is kind of more from the past month or so, just because this is obviously the first episode of the season, but newsflash is going to be um, 
yeah, Oswego Sports headline from the past week, whether it's high school, middle school, college, whatever it is, but it's obviously Oswego-based. So, I mean, there's not games going on at, Os- at uh, SUNY Oswego, so we're just doing whatever headlines we got. Yeah, we're going to try to keep it local here. And uh, my newsflash from uh, actually, I would say a week, but actually over the whole summer, is the New York State Public High School Athletic Association announced Friday their plans and guidelines for the 2021 season. Basically, uh, they released a huge document outlining every sport uh, that has to do with the fall season then into winter and then what the plan is in the spring. Uh, as of right now, this document uh, is pretty lengthy. Uh, the read uh, – Uh, I read it uh, Friday night when they released it at uh, 8 p.m. at night on a holiday weekend. Uh, Just a little strange to me, uh, but basically soccer is going to be back. So there's going to be some Oswego High School soccer. Volleyball and football, however, will be on a practice basis uh, for the rest of the winter. So hopefully we'll see some volleyball and some football from Oswego, the the Buccaneers uh, coming on later in uh the spring next year yeah um yeah I, I mean I guess we'll see no one really knows what's going on with the uh high school athletics but obviously it's it's good that the uh high school athletic association is kind of keeping everyone updated letting everyone know what's going on and uh yeah hopefully we have Oswego Buccaneers fall sports sometime soon all right Joe now into your news flash segment all right so mine we're gonna go a little smaller than high school a little smaller than college um Oswego Little League, the uh, shout-out to the Elks. They won the major division playoff championship. Um, I mean, good for them. Congratulations to the Elks. They uh, beat Lighthouse Lanes 9-2 to in the championship. It's a, a two-out-of-three series, and they swept it. They won two games. So uh, congratulations to them. And uh, that article was on the uh, Oswego County News Now website, which is honestly pretty cool. Um, I mean, obviously, as a Little League player, I grew up playing Little League, I mean, when I was younger. But obviously in Albany, they don't really have the pre- – you don't get any press coverage because it's literally – but in Oswego, I think that would be so cool for, the, for, for those kids in the Little League because, I mean, they're covering – I think it was almost all the, all the leagues regardless of age. So, I mean, that, that's super dope for those kids. Congratulations to the Elks. And, uh, I mean, all the players get mentioned by name on the Oswego County News now. So, uh, congratulations to them if you want to go check that out. But – um. Yeah, that's just super dope for them. So uh, good for the Elks. Congratulations on a, se- on a great season. Yeah, definitely a cool uh, story coming out of the, the newspaper there and uh, a little story without sports going on in Oswego. But now let's dive into the interview. Of course, we're going to line up J.J. O'Connell. If you don't know who J.J. O'Connell is, it's the head coach of the Oswego State volleyball team. Uh, Joe knows a lot about uh, this coach as he is the play-by-play announcer uh, for WNYO over on the radio station. So, Joe, if you want to if you want to dive in a little bit of a prep that you got for JJ, uh, let me know. Yeah, so JJ O'Connell, obviously, as you mentioned, is the uh, head volleyball coach at SUNY Oswego. Um, heading into his ninth season with the team, he's been at a couple different schools before. Uh, graduated from Cortland, he was the uh, he played on the men's club volleyball team there, as well as being an assistant coach. That's where he got his start off. Um, in his re- in his career at Oswego, he is 141 and 115 overall, so f- above 500 winning percentage. Um, it's a decently successful program that the uh, that he runs there for the Oswego State volleyball team. Um, I mean, you can tell just being at the games; it's it's pretty evident that uh, he's one of the coaches at Oswego that the players care about, and he cares about the players. You can tell that the uh, the bond's definitely there, and. Oswego has uh, six Suniac Championship tournament appearances on, in eight seasons with him. So, obviously, it's the top four teams, I think, of the nine in the, that uh, make the Suniac playoffs. 
So, I mean, they're finishing top half of that conference. Um, what would that be? Six of eight seasons. So he's running a successful program there, bringing in, bringing in good recruits from all across New York state, all across the country for that, for that matter, really. But, um, yeah, it's just a really good program he's got there over at uh, Max Zeal Gym at uh, Laker Hall in the fall. Yeah, definitely an awesome program that he's really built up the past nine seasons. Of course, uh, we're going to dive in an interview with him, talk about, uh, of course, the team, what he's been doing during COVID, some more personal information about him so we can uh, you get the other side of Coach O'Connell. Uh, so we're going to dive into that shortly here, and, uh, and we'll get you to this interview right now. We'll see you on the other side, folks. All right, viewers and Oswego State fans, welcome to the first interview of Season 2 of the 104 Sports Report. This week's interview features Oswego State Volleyball Head Coach J.J. O'Connell. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, it's great to be here. All right, Coach, uh, first question. So, um, four of your top five hitters, as well as, the st- as well as the setter from last year, graduated this past fall. So, obviously, uh, you returned Melissa Lucier, and she was obviously debated, uh, debatably the best player from last year's squad. So besides her, who's a returner we should look out for this year as well as maybe a new, uh, fresh face to the program? Yeah, I think, um, I think you're going to want to look out for uh, Sydney Schiffriller, sophomore outside hitter, um, and Emily Clock. Those two will definitely have to shoulder some of the, some of the offensive load. Um, so those two are, are definitely, definitely people to look out for. Our second outside hitter position should be wide open. Uh, we're, we're really hoping to have Mira Bosman back from her ACL injury and she, as a sophomore, was, was a pretty, pretty big offensive threat for us. So she's back, and she's looking to play on the right side or maybe do some settings. So she'll, she's pretty physical at the net, though. So we'll be, we'll be happy to have her back as well. Awesome, Coach. So now back on to a little more of, like, your personal life. What hobby have you picked up or continued doing during your quarantine time that started back in March? Uh, I've been doing a, a lot of hiking in the last few years where um, a buddy of mine always had a house in the summers up in up the Adirondack Park. Um, and he asked me to come up and do some hikes with him. And we ended up doing the whole 46, which is all the uh, peaks above 4,000 feet. There's 46 of them. And we cranked them out in about three years. So now both of us have started a second round. I'm like, I'm on 55 at this point. So, um, so I've summited something like 70 mountains in the last four years. So that's been, that's been something I've picked up during quarantine and just kept going with. Do you, do you have a favorite one you did? Like anything, anything stood out to you? Yeah, Haystack Mountain, which is part of uh, what they call Habasats, Haystack Basin and Saddleback. You do all three together. Uh, it's, it's a good 17-mile loop. takes about 10 hours. And Saddleback, pretty steep cliffs. I had some issues with those. But Haystack, because it sits right next to Marcy, uh, which is the highest peak in New York, it has some great views. So it was just a really awesome peak. That's got to be okay. a cool sight to see. Yeah. So um, your team averaged nearly six more kills per match than the opponent last year. Being at the being at the matches, you could pretty tell there. You could tell pretty easily the uh, the threat you guys posed on on the net. Um, so what do you think that credit goes to? Do you think it goes more towards the service passing, um, setting, or the, all the different weapons you had on the net, all the different ways the ball could go? Um, a little bit of both, honestly. It, a volleyball offense starts with passing, and which is a, a, a Tribute to our, our great liberos and Emily Costa, um, Skyler Bouchard, and then we added a, a dynamic fresh, actually two dynamic freshmen, one uh, Kaylee Troy from Long Island and, and Sophia Rowney from Burnt Hills. Uh, Sophia is actually a state champion; they won the state championship last year with her team. So um, we added those into into a good mix. With, you know, we lose Sean O'Flaherty, who was a big uh, big uh, ball control player for us. She'll be back as a coach. Um, 
but Mira comes back from injury and her, her passing was phenomenal. So if she's not setting, she'll do some passing. Uh, so it starts with that. And then just our hitters, like knowing, knowing how to, how to hit good angles and use different shots. Uh, every one of our players develops a bunch of off-speed shots when they get here so they can hit with power or, or hit with off-speed. So uh, we know that we need to score 15 and a half points per set. Um, we usually do about 11 of that with kills. We get some blocks in there and some aces. Um, that's our goal, though. You, if you're not scoring 15 points, you're not making the Suniac playoff. So... Awesome. Now, uh, with no competition so far, uh, especially till the spring, and I know uh, you guys supposed to start this week with practice. Uh, I don't know if you guys are doing that, but walk us through a day as a college coach currently and what's different from last fall semester in 2019. Yeah, we decided to push back a week just to give me an extra week to clear the virus out of my system. Um, so we're going to look to start next Monday. Um, but really, the, what's going to be different is we start with, with only two practices in the first week, and we're in smaller groups. So we'll have no more than 10 players per court. And we're going to set the courts up. Normally, we set up the middle court, and we set up the south court. We're going to set up the north and the south court uh, to start and leave the middle open. So basically, the two pods are going to be working independently of each other. Uh, we're still – they're actually going to be even in different offenses. One pod is going to be running two setters, and the other one's going to be running one setter. So uh, everything's going to be different. I will be bouncing back and forth. If I step on any of those courts, I join that pod for those two weeks. So I have to just move back and forth between the two and, and allow my assistant coaches to run the drills, which will be a – they're used to running drills. So that's not going to be a huge issue. But the fact that I don't get to be with any specific team where I like to – I like to circle the court and I like to be, you know, hands-on, I, I think that's going to be a lot different. Plus the sanitizing of the equipment – uh, drink breaks are different. We're going to be socially distanced, you, you know, you basically get to handle your own water bottle and don't be around anybody. I mean, just so many, so many different things. Plus with, with us being an inside sport, you know, and, and the, the possibility of transmission inside versus outside, we really wanted to give it a few weeks to, uh, to be safe on that. And also, you know, some of the outdoor sports, you, you're going to be a little safer right off the bat and us being the only indoor sport going right now. That's, that's something we had to take into consideration. Uh, so as you touched on both, um, it's going to be an adjustment both for coaches and players. So um, in the 90s at Cortland, you were you played on both the club volleyball team and you were also a member of the coaching staff for the women's team. So um, first off, which which did you enjoy more in your time at Cortland? Did you, did you enjoy coaching more or playing more? And then second off, um, where do you where do you attribute more of your knowledge to the game to? Do you think you picked a lot of it up playing in high school and college or do you think you picked it up um, under other coaches? Well, that's a, those are two great questions, honestly. Um, the first one, I started off enjoying the playing more, but as I got into the coaching, I really, once you, as soon as I stepped onto the coaching staff, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I went back for a second degree in phys ed with a concentration in coaching. I spent an extra two and a half years there to get the degree. Um, because once, once I made the transition, I was still playing a little bit while I was coaching, but the coaching was definitely the, the better reward. Um, and in terms of, uh, in terms of the knowledge, while I, I, I played a lot in the first four years when I was there, but I only went to nationals in my last three and a half years with them, which means I only showed up for the April, April tournament with, to, at nationals. I was playing adult level volleyball with some really good guys uh, out of the Rochester area, and that's where I picked up a lot of good knowledge. Uh, I was also extraordinarily fortunate with the mentors I got to work with. Joan Sitterly at Cortland is a legend, 800 wins in 22 years. Um, she taught me how to, how to build a program. 
And then I went to Tia Brandel at Ferris State. Um, and she did some things that I had never seen before with a women's program. Like you don't really see that much motion uh, where the middles are moving all around. And she, she said, hey, we're going to let the middles pass. And I was like, nobody does this. And we did it. And I was like, okay, time to take off any preconceived notions I had. Um, those two were probably two phenomenal mentors. And I think that had a lot to shape what I do. Uh, I'm kind of a mix of both. You know, Tia's super, super experimental and Joan was super conservative. I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. I take a little bit of both. So they were just phenomenal female mentors and, and I'm so glad I got to work with them. Awesome. Now, uh, taking that knowledge you had from those other two uh, and three coaching careers you had, what were some of the reasons you moved to Central New York to run the volleyball program at Oswego and what set that apart from other collegiate programs at the time? Um. I was in Jersey for 10 years. Uh, I wasn't really a Jersey guy. We were in Hoboken. It's pretty close to New York City. Uh, by, as you can tell from all the hiking I do, I'm a country guy. I like to be out in nature. Uh, so I was a little bit of a fish out of water socially there. But the, the school itself is a phenomenal school. Uh, it recruits nationally. It has a big engineering program. Uh, so we had players from my starting setters from Hawaii. I had an outside hitter from Tennessee. My right side hitter was from New Orleans. I had a middle from California. So we drew all these players from national and we were finishing fifth in the country a couple of years back to back there. So out of 400 schools. So we were, we were one of the top programs in Northeast, but um, I came back for family. My mother was living alone up here. She'd taken a couple falls on the ice. I felt like I needed to be closer. And I've always liked the SUNYAC. I love the coaches in it. Uh, the coach at New Paltz and the coach at Fredonia and I played club volleyball together at Cortland. So we're, we're just great friends. Uh, the, the Oneana coach is a Cortland grad. So uh, the Brockport coach is just a great guy that we played against in college. So we all have these interlocking, inner kind of twined friendships. Uh, and I've just enjoyed coaching in the SUNYAC a lot more than I enjoyed the, the coaching relationships I had at Stevens, which was great. Um, and I knew, I knew Oswego's facilities. I knew it was a great school to recruit to. I knew the facilities were, were solid. Um, you know, and I knew the area. I, I, I grew up, you know, playing with people out of Syracuse, so I still had a lot of friendships here. I knew I was going to be able to make a good transition here. Uh, so um, another just off, off the court type of question. So your team had a 3.43 GPA and you earned the AVCA team academic award. And obviously those are both very impressive on a uh, on a team academic stand from a team academic standpoint. And you also had Lauren Fee was named the SUNYAC Volleyball Scholar Athlete of the Year. Her GPA was in the 3.9s. Again, very impressive. And you're bringing her back to the coaching staff too. Um, so can you tell the difference between a team who does well in the classroom uh, versus one who doesn't? Well, I don't know if you've had any in the past who, who don't, but whether it be a team you're on or a team you're coaching, um, whether they're practicing harder, winning more games, better attitude, do, do, uh, do you see any of those? Do you see a correlation between uh, classroom success ver uh, to uh, on-court success? Uh, it's a different kind of success. Sometimes when, you, when you've got – a more physical team, you may not have the big GPA, but then last year's team was was extraordinarily cerebral, where you could you could really talk to them about strategy, uh, and they got it. Like every every all across the board, everyone everyone understood it. You had a very high volleyball IQ, like a Melissa Lucier, super high volleyball IQ, um, or you just had a general general IQ of they get it, like they understand what it takes to be in a great program, like a Julia Floor. Uh, Sarah Maskey, they, they understand that in terms of, you know, what it takes to be in, in a great program. So um, I, I, it can be a, it can be a different, it's not necessarily, the GPA is not necessarily 
relative to how you're going to do in terms of on-court stuff, but it's just different about how you may approach the strategy. Um, and we do, we do a lot of explaining of why we do things uh, because we want them to understand the game. We want them to learn the game. We want them to, to enjoy the game when they graduate, maybe get into coaching. Um, so we explained the whys a lot. And I, that group last year, just they got it, honestly. They understood the whys. They may not always agree with why I was asking, but – uh, but they, they at least, like I said, they understood it. So you're going to get pushback occasionally. That's fine. So Awesome. So now through your eight seasons as head coach of the Lakers going on your ninth, well, has there been an overall message that you preach to your team each season or is it trying to change based on your group? Uh, we just want to be competitive. Honestly, we want to give ourselves a chance to be competitive while also achieving high high goals in the classroom and preparing these these young women that were all talented for for a career after volleyball uh we're division three no one's going pro you know playing playing at oswego so we want to make sure that you know they know there's volleyball after you know i always play a tournament with, with some of my seniors in the spring um just to say hey here's what's out there here's some co-ed volleyball that you might want to get into uh, let's expose you to a bunch of the adults out here and see if anybody wants to pick you up um, but honestly, the message is we just, we always want to compete for a championship, uh, while also, uh, being a tight knit team, having great chemistry, uh, focusing on our academics. It's just a good balance. We've got a great balance of, of achievement, you both on, on the court, off the court. All right. So, um, you've had three girls in the past graduate and come back to be a, a assistant coach on your staff and, uh, Mary Montagnola, Rachel Rugeber, and Allison Berger was on the staff last year. Um, now we see that again, you have Lauren Fee and Sean O'Flaherty both graduated last year and they're coming back to be assistant coaches this year. Um, so what does that say both to uh, players wanting to stay around Oswego and the program and join your staff? And also how much does it mean to you, especially as you mentioned with assistant coaches only being able to be in specific pods, knowing they have relationships with, their, with the players on the team and also knowing you can trust your assistant coaches that you have? Yeah, and you even forgot Lauren Edwards, who's my current assistant coach. She, uh, she played for me for four years. Um, so yeah, we've had, we've had about six players who come back and, and wanted to help out in, in some way with the program. Uh, three have been paid assistants, three have been volunteer assistants. Uh, I find the transitions easy for me because they know our system. So when I'm asking the coach something, like, hey, hey, run this drill, they know how to run the drill already because they've done it. And they also know kind of what the players should be doing in the system. Sometimes they're a little shy about, uh, you know, coaching peers up especially in the first year, they're a little weird about, you know, uh, giving a, somebody who they've been a previous friend with, giving them a bunch of feedback. Uh, you know, Rachel was probably the, the, the best at that. She, she just knew, she coached camp with me also. She had done, uh, we were doing a bunch of the camps here at Oswego back, back in the day, and she coached a bunch of those years. So she, she had a good handle on, on how to take charge right away. And the girls appreciated that too. So she was, she had a really nice balance between, Hey, we need to get this done now. And Hey, I used to be a, a, a teammate, so I understand what you're going through kind of deal. Um, so usually by the second or third year, they, they, they get very comfortable with those kinds of, of relationships and scenarios. Uh, but it's just, it's just great that, you know, we have such a tight team. The players really enjoy being around each other and that camaraderie, and they want to stay around that, you know, while they do grad work. And that's just, that's just something we welcome because we're, we've kind of, being in Oswego, we've kind of gone through a lot of the um, local coaches who would have helped out. Um, anybody who's already, here has already, already kind of done that. Uh, and we're a little bit too far away from Syracuse to make the drive kind of worth it. Honestly, we're 45 minutes away with the salaries. We pay our assistants. It's, they can stay locally and do high school and make even more. So 
so we're not going to draw as much out of Syracuse or Rochester as we'd like. Um, so it's, it's probably, it's very nice that we get a lot of players who want to stick around and, and stay active in volleyball, which is one of our goals also. We want, we want players to stay active in the sport when they, when they leave Oswego. All right, heading into our last question, a uh, little, little uh, lighter on the question base. What's your favorite restaurant to go to in Oswego? Oh, man, it's uh, a good one. I mean, I probably go to Fajita twice a week. Um, you know, the rice bowl, the rice bowl just gets me, honestly. So I shouldn't do it as much as I do, but uh, I, just, I just like the rice bowl. It's, it's my favorite, favorite dish in Oswego. Uh, although the uh, Azteca's enchilada trio is pretty good also. I'll give, them a, I'll give them another shout out for that one. So I like, I like their enchilada trio combo there. I, I definitely fall suit to the quesadilla there, I would say, <laughs> a couple of times a week maybe. But yeah. all right, Coach, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. And we appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Of course, this is the 104 Sports Report. Uh, but thank you for having uh, uh, this time with us, JJ. Yeah, thank you, guys. Enjoy. Thank, thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Now, welcome back into the episode, folks. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with JJ Okado, of course, I'm alongside Joey. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's actually still right here. Joe, how you doing, bud? Good. I mean, that was a great interview with uh, the head volleyball coach at Oswego, J.J. O'Connell. Again, we thank him for his time. Our uh, first interview on the 104 Sports Report. I mean, I thought it went pretty well, Zach. What did you think? I think it was awesome. It was a great experience for me. First interview I've done uh, on Zoom in a while. So, uh, that yeah, that was pretty fun. Uh, we really got – I really like the fact that we really hit the spots with the sports questions, and then he brought up the whole hiking adventure thing. Didn't really expect that, but we love that. Uh, I wish I could go hiking too. But uh, let's stick to more of the Oswego uh, volleyball side of things, Joe. Wait, real, real quick. I would just like to touch on the fact that that is unbelievable. That he's, I mean, obviously he's a great volleyball mind and stuff. He's a 46er. He did all, 40, he did all uh, 46 peaks or 46 mountains or whatever it was. I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool that we got to see that other side of him. But yeah, if you want to talk some, if you want to talk about his volleyball, let's just let's do that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, really, he dived into the whole fact that uh, I'm, a, I'm a big story on the fact that you come back to Central New York after being down in New Jersey, having a successful career down there, went to Cortland, did all of his coaching and and volleyball career there, and that was that was pretty cool to talk about the Sudiac in a way he did with the Sudiac coaches. Uh, that takeaway there where they played together. Uh, and he really, it really just shows how nice the Sudiac conference is compared to some of the other conferences uh, in the NCAA. Yeah. Well, one, one thing that I, that I thought about was um, the first question I asked him, who's a returner we should be looking out for this year. Um, one girl that I want to touch on, he said, uh, Mira, Mira Legnan, Mira Bozeman. I was, I was very confused. Um, so in 2018, she was fifth in kills and fourth in digs, and she played almost every set for Oswego. And then she didn't play last year, so I was kind of confused what was going on with that. And then he told us that she was recovering from an ACL injury. So they're going to be bringing back one of their best hitters who was a sophomore, skipped her junior year, and now she's going to be tearing it up senior year. So, I mean, he gave us her. We got a, he gave us Sydney Schiffler, who's going to be a, who's a sophomore this year. They're returning Melissa Lucier. I think this Oswego volleyball team is going to be a threat in the SUNYAC this year. Oh, definitely. I can't wait for the spring to roll around. But then you also remember that he talks about the whole practices, the pod workouts, and really bringing in uh, 
these two seniors that graduated last year of Lauren Fee and Sean O'Flaherty, those two are really going to be a big help to this Lakers group and the coaching staff, especially with this whole COVID-19 pandemic practice thing that uh, Oswego is facing, especially this volleyball team with the whole split court. Uh, O'Connell talked about how he's not allowed to go inside the court because then you have to join the pod. Uh, so it's definitely going to be a really cool story, uh, and it will definitely help out this Laker team. Yeah, no, what I thought was huge was uh, – well, what we didn't know, obviously, beforehand, obviously, you gave us an inside scoop on it, but um, how they got, they're going to be running two separate courts of practices, and they're going to have assistant coaches with both teams. So I think that it's – I mean, obviously, it's pretty cool that Lauren Fee and Sean O'Flaherty get to come back with their teammates from last year. But I think – I mean, as he touched on, assistant coaches are going to be part of that quote-unquote pod, so they're not going to be able to cross courts. But, I mean, the fact that they're going to have – instead of just having – I think it's about – I want to say it's somewhere around 15 girls on the roster. Instead of them having a bigger roster, they're going to they're gonna start their coaching – their volunteer coaching careers with a smaller group, more concentrated group. And they're going to – I mean, obviously, they already have a bond with the girls because they were teammates. But, I mean, I think that that's going to be a unique experience for them. And it's going to be a, uh, it's gonna be a good, good, uh, good note to start on. Oh, definitely. And then you talk about like the North and South court there. That basically means that like, if you walk into the Maxfield gymnasium, the court that they would usually use is not going to be used this time around. If I am not, if I am correct, I would think right. so the, yeah. middle so, would be, so the-, the middle would be open. And uh, so that's where O'Connell right. will be sitting on uh, Fajita. Just want to, I, I called it. Yeah, no, I mean, well, well, real quick, I'm not really sure how that, so obviously the, the middle court, is where they play their games. So I'm not really sure what their situation usually looked like, if, it, if they usually ran two courts, three courts, or one, or whatever it was. But, I mean, they're going to have more space. But, um, yeah, Fajita, with how often you and me are there, I'm shocked that we've never ran into him, honestly. I think it's more likely than not. I mean, probably by, by next summer, you and me are going to be there, and we're going to run into him. And we're going to catch up over some, uh, some burritos and quesadillas over there at Fajita. And Joe, moving on to our new segment, another new segment we got on the 104 Sports Report is Stories of the Week. Joe, introduce this segment. Yeah, so Stories of the Week, obviously, uh, you and me have, I'd say, somewhat interesting lives. So uh, we're just going to tell a story about what's happened in our lives the past week, whether it be uh, sports-related, school-related, life-related. I mean, really, whatever it is, uh, just hear each other's stories that the people get to know us a little more and um, get, a little, get a little look into our lives and our, uh, and our brains. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, I'll actually go first. I want to take the stab here first. Uh, this past week or so, actually, two fri- would it be two Fridays? Yeah, two Fridays ago, I went up to the Oswego Speedway, which is the small local asphalt track they got for racing here in Oswego. And uh, I was doing some camera work and uh, some package work. Uh, for WTOP 10, our uh, student-run television station. We're trying to get a story together on how the fact that they don't have any races this whole summer. Uh, so an interesting story you got going on over there. Uh, and it was, it was a great time uh, figuring out how to uh, work the camera, get some interviews in. We did two interviews for the story. Uh, and if you want to find that story, they'll be on the newspaper. Uh, and then I'm going to end up doing a social media post about it sometime this week. So if would, this episode, when this episode goes up, hopefully it'll be up there. I'm never going to forget for the rest of my life, our second weekend at Oswego, you dragged me to the Oswego Speedway, and I could not have been more confused. Um, I didn't know how many laps they were doing. I didn't know any of that stuff. But um, Oswego, You were such Oswego, a mess. The Oswego Speedway will forever have a special place in my heart. And uh, now it's got a special place in your uh, broadcasting career, too. Definitely, definitely. All right, Joe, moving on to yours. 
All right. So my story of the week. Um, so I was sitting, uh, so I was uh, filling up my uh, my Yeti my uh, Yeti water mug the other day, but like before I was going outside to do some homework, and um, so I dropped an ice cube on the floor, right? And I kicked it under the stove, and I was thinking, with all the ice cubes I've kicked under the stove in my life, how is my kitchen not in ankle deep water? Seems like a decent question enough. So I was thinking about it, and I because it just it makes absolutely no sense. Like it doesn't soak into the floor; it's it's water. And then essentially I had about a ton of different people explain to me that water evaporates and that's how it works. But that just makes no sense to me how, how it just disappears. It's just, it's just common sense and Joe just doesn't have any common sense when it Can comes to that. Can you explain it to me, Zach? How, how, does, how does water just Evaporation. It's called, it's called seventh grade science class with evaporation. evaporation. How does, so like it's just that easy. So it just, it just essentially just gets like, like in a, it's in the air right now. You're breathing that ice cube through your mouth. But it's like an Avengers, like the Thanos snap. It just like disappears into thin air. That makes no sense to me. That makes. Not like that, but eventually. Yes, but. No, nah, that uh, I don't know. My brain just doesn't. It, it's really just a basic K through twelve um, idea. It just doesn't Concept. It doesn't make Concept, sense. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's yeah. My brain just has a lot of dumb ideas. But that, uh, that was that was my dumb idea for the week. Yeah, this this segment was supposed to be stories of the week. It might turn into Joey just talking about his dumb braid ideas that he had for the past week. But uh, hopefully, we'll get uh, a better story out of Joey eventually someday. Yeah, no, if, uh, but if, yeah, if my if my life's interesting that week, it'll be different. If not, it'll just turn into a dumb brain idea. We'll we'll see we'll see how the week goes. Really. And now we might have to get rid of that segment. But moving on to the end of the episode, episode one, folks, you finally made it to the first episode of season two. Uh, the plan ahead here is we're going to try to run a episode every week. That's the goal. We're going to have an interview every week, hopefully, with some new news on Oswego Sports. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Joe, uh, please come in yeah. and say no, something. Every Wednesday. We're dropping this podcast, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, whatever you listen to, every Wednesday. Um, Zach, you got a time we're dropping? Or? I'm saying 3 o'clock every Wednesday. There you go. 3 o'clock every Wednesday. Um, so you have from – I mean, these episodes are going to be about 45 minutes long. So you have from 3 o'clock Wednesday till about 2.15 the following Wednesday to sit down for 45 minutes, whether you listen to it straight through, piece by piece, whatever you want to do. Uh, listen to this. You, you know when it's dropping. There's going to be no surprises. 3 o'clock every Wednesday. You know where. You know when. Tune in and uh, check out what's going on and uh, check out the interview for the week. Check out the segments for the week and see, see what the boys got rolling. And if you don't follow us on Apple Music, or Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the 104 Sports Report. We'll post all of our episode links up there. And Joey, what's your Twitter account? It's just Joey Palatsky. It's Yeah, big big change from season one. Of course, mine is still the same, Zach K6. You can find all of our local Oswego State news on both of our Twitter accounts there. And uh, that will be the end of episode one. Uh, if you are still listening, we appreciate it. And we hope to see you next week for episode two. Uh, for Zach Case and Joey Pulaski, we will be signing off. You're listening to the 104 Sports Report, your main source for Oswego sports, hosted by Zach Case and Joey Pulaski.